Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives were consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call. Each week on alternate routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow alternate routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Jared Saltalamacchia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, what I found out that this trade, the Red Sox, the Yankees, Alex Verdugo, Glaber Torres might be something that could be a possibility. When I found out that the Red Sox had shown interest in Glaber Torres last season, and when I found out the Red Sox or the Yankees had shown interest in Alex Verdugo at various times, then I said, we have to do a who says no. We have to bring it all together. And I don't care if it's for those two, but if we're going to power rank – if we're going to power rank the hottest names in the trade market, these guys are top 10. And I know MLB Network did this. They did their sort of like all all trade target um, power rankings, whatever it was. 
But they didn't include Glaber Torres. They included Jonathan India at, at second base, which I thought would immediately disqualify them. I think these two may be position player wise, other than Juan Soto, the two most interesting. And that's why we have the who says no guys. The who says no guys who now are the talk of the podcasting world with the Play Tessie podcast. We got three of the four of them. Coop, say hello. Oh, hey, how's it going, Rob? Man, you, you're be joining you. You are like, it's like all of a sudden you're, you're doing your own podcast and it seems like you have the confidence of 10 men. It's incredible. Oh, the, the confidence <laughs> is still not there. Never will be. Uh, but any any bit I do have is that much that you instilled in me by uh, passing uh, on the Bradford no, show. No, no, no. Play Tessie, at Play Tessie, Play Tessie, Play Tessie, Play Tessie. It's all about embracing each other as podcasters, and you guys are already doing a good job. And you're, you, you, you were so nice and so so accommodating to jump on this podcast after doing your own podcast. But as we as we have identified, the one thing that will never leave all of you is your ability, your innate ability, just to give the best fake trades in the business. And uh, so, just keep going through. Pat, say hello. How's it going, Rob? Best lats in the uh, in the podcasting world. What did you do? What did you do today? What was it? What was the muscle group that you did today, Pat? Today I had shoulders, buys, and abs. Funny enough. Well, (laughs) funny you should ask. No tries. No chest tries tomorrow. Oh well. (laughs) Are you going to be able to sleep tonight in the anticipation of chest and tries tomorrow? That has to be your favorite day, right? Yeah. 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 Is is that because you look good in the mirror when you're lifting those, uh, focusing on those muscles? Yeah. Funny enough, I actually every time I finish a chest and try day, I recreate the A Rod mirror picture. I know you do. I just press my forehead up on the on the uh, mirror, and I just lock eyes with myself for seven to eight minutes. I don't blink. Do you superimpose your, your lower half of your body being a, a like a goat? What is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Metator? Metator. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think of it. All I could think of was a goat. All right. I mean, uh, Pat might as well be the goat. Uh, yeah, well, there you go. What a perfect segue. Speaking of goats, uh, Gordo, say hello. What's up, Rob? I had a fake trade for you, but now now all I can think about is just Pat in the mirror, just (laughs) blank stare, lips like a centimeter away, just begging to touch the glass. I mean, I I think I think of all the all the what ifs and what might have been. If we if we just stuck to you guys being the who says no guys for baseballs and boring, then our calendar could have been the who says no calendar men of who says no. But now you are obviously going to do men of play Tessie, right? I mean, oh, we, we can still be men of uh, baseball isn't boring. We're not. No, but you should have your own calendar. I mean, this is the, the play Tessie calendar. Like the, don't, I appreciate your, your loyalty, but we'll have our own thing. You guys can be part of it, but have the play Tessie, men of play Tessie calendar, if you like. Only if we can have a giant shoot all together where it's, it's the four of us, it's Sean. It's Liam, Evans in the mix. Heck, even Pap can get in the mix if he wants to. <laughs> Just a group shot of all of us running on the beach. I, 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 I got to be honest with you. I think the men of play, the men of play Tessie calendar 
will probably be January through November, Pat flexing in different ways, and then you guys gr- loop yep. together, walking yeah. on a beach for. December. We know what people want. <laughs> yeah, oh. it's all about yeah. It's it's sales, it's marketing, it's dollars and cents. Like we get it. All right. November, so, November is just cooping a cardigan, cooking a little <laughs> sourdough like the little grandpa he is. That'd be awesome. Uh, well, speaking of cooking things up, let's get to uh, the, the trays that you guys have cooked up. Uh, I'll spin the wheel of, of people here. And Gordo, you're going to go first. So Gordo, what do you got? And, and so the the premise was you have, this is what this is what you have to work with. You have Glaber Torres, you have Alec Verdugo, any concoction you want, together, separate, teams, whatever it was. But these are the two guys. At least one of them have to be in your trade. What do you got, Gordo? So I didn't want to put them in the same trade because I feel like their value is so close that the trade would basically just be like Alex Verdugo and something for Glaber and who says no to that. So but I did want to use Glaber Torres uh, in honor of your report, Rob. Uh, and I'm going to send him to Detroit. Detroit, a team who seems further away from contention, but they're in the AL Central. And every like everyone who's talking about it says every team kind of besides Oakland thinks they have a shot to compete. And that includes Detroit, who's already traded for Mark Canna. So I'm going to continue the trend. I'm going to get Detroit acquiring a bat here. Uh, and they're going to they're going to pay the price for it. The Tigers are going to get Glaber Torres and Johnny Brito from the Yankees. And they're going to give up Matt Manning. Uh, the promise, yeah, Matt Manning, a very promising starting pitcher. Uh, from the Yankees' point of view, you get a cheap, cost-controlled starter. He's got four years of control left. It kind of feels like he's been around, uh, but he's had you know parts of three big league seasons, um, and it would allow them more money to to use to spend on some of their other endeavors. And in mind, I've kind of got Juan Soto in my head because if you get Juan Soto, like even if you don't extend him, you've got him for over thirty million dollars on the year. And Hal Steinbrenner said as recently as last, I believe that he doesn't want a $300 million payroll. And as a Yankee fan, you got to take that into consideration when you're making fake trades, when you're making you know, mock free agent signings and stuff. Um, with Matt Manning, you're, I, it's kind of weird. You guys are going to have to let me know what you think of this because I can't quite tell if it's buying low or not because he's never not been good. His last two years, he's had a 3-4-3 and a 3-5-8 ERA, but he's been hurt both years. He's made 12 and 15 starts respectively. So I kind of feel like publicly he's sort of fallen off people's radar. Oh, he's been good. Uh, but yeah, they, they have a surplus in the infield. Like there's a reason Glaber Torres is coming up in trade rumors, despite the fact that the Yankees are going to compete. You trade from an area of surplus, you get Glaber's money off the books, you free some stuff up. I think it's interesting from the Yankees side. And then from the Tigers side, yes, like you're trading a, a good starter, but you're getting another bat in your lineup, a, something that they have already acknowledged that they need. Uh, you trade Matt Manning, who obviously has shown flashes, but has also shown that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, and that's in a rotation of guys who haven't been able to stay healthy. Tarek Skubal, I, I love that guy, but he hasn't stayed healthy. You got Casey Mize recovering from Tommy John. Spencer Turnbull uh, just came back and struggled, but he was out with Tommy John. Like This is a rotation full of guys who just haven't been able to make all their starts. So this could be an opportunity for them to subtract from that area, maybe pay an innings eater, like what comes to mind is like Kyle Gibson. They're not going to break the bank. Like get guys who can just eat innings, stay on the mound, stay healthy, kind of rework your pitching staff in that way. Um, hey, you get Johnny Brito too. Good pitcher. All, all six years of control left. He had a 4-2-8 ERA last year in 25 games, 13 of which were starts. 
I think it's an interesting concept. It, I, I don't know. I don't know who I feel like is overpaying, but I feel like the Tigers kind of scream Glaber Torres destination for you. Like, what do you guys think of that? Fellas. I makes sense. The Yankees need pitching. It, but, it makes sense. And selfishly, I'll, I'm really going to emphasize that the Yankees need pitching because coincidentally, my trade also had them getting starting pitching. But uh, no, I like the fit. Um, if Detroit can extend Glaber, I like it even more because he kind of fits that time frame. He's still on the younger side. You have him, you have Torkelson, you have Riley Green. The, the pieces are there for sure. They have a young and up and coming rotation. Mize will be back next year. Jackson Job should be up probably end of next year, sometime soon. So from that end, Detroit's end, I like it. Yankees, I like it a lot. I, I big Matt Manning fan. Really good. good stuff. He's very good. He's very consistent. And they have Garrett Cole. They have, depending on what version of Carlos Rodon they get, they have Rodon. They don't need someone to come in there and take over the ace of the staff. They need somebody who can give you 25, 30 starts a year. And Matt Manning can do that. So, so both think, sides, I like it. Yeah, I, I think that the extension, my initial thing is I, I understand that Detroit needs this in the short term, but Detroit still feels like they're not a short-term team. And as as up and down as Matt Manning has been, it's it's still like, okay, you know, he's still part of the solution going forward. They've lost. They're going to lose a starter probably in Eduardo Rodriguez. They need starters. So – I like the overall idea of it. I just think that Detroit would be hesitant. And by the way, like so Matt Manning, if you go back to the 2016 draft, so he was a ninth overall pick, I believe. Ninth overall, yeah, ninth overall pick in that draft, 2016 draft. The mo- one of the most unexpired, uninspiring first rounds in recent memory. Can, can you name some people from that draft? 2016. Can you name the number one pick from that draft? Is that Mickey Moniak? It is Mickey Moniak. Oh, Holy, what a friend, pull, Pat. Friend, friend, of the job, pro- Pat. friend of the program, Mickey Moniak, who was outstanding when I talked to him, talking about it being a blessing and a curse. You know, obviously, finally found some footing here this year. But go down that list. Holy mackerel. I mean, Mickey Moniak, Nick Senzel, Ian Anderson, Riley Pint, Corey Ray, A.J. Puck, Braxton Garrett, Cal Quantrill, Matt Manning, Zach Collins, Kyle Lewis, Jay Groom. By the way, Jay Groom, the first guy listed who hasn't been in the majors in that uh, among that group. Uh, jo- Josh Lowe, okay, it's a good one. Will Benson, Alex Kirloff. Um, really, I'm looking at maybe like who is the big winner from that from that first round? Cole Reagans is going to be good. Is good. Uh, Gavin Lux, maybe, but wow, wow. Anyway, just a quick aside. It's a Matt Manning background for you. You're welcome. Even when they made it to the top prospect in baseball, still Gavin Lux inspiring. That's crazy. That's a, that's a curse <laughs> draft class, at least in the first round. It's kind like you back know, to what we were talking about on Play Tessie about uh tanking for good draft picks, huh, Gordo? Coop football and baseball, like two <laughs> peas in a pod. It's apples and oranges, kid. <laughs> Who would you? By the way, let me ask you this. Speaking of first round, because I find the 2021 draft pretty interesting. The first round, because there were so many shortstops. Oh, you have your choice right now. This is going to show you, like, wh- whether you're g- talking with your brains or your whatever, your heart. 
You you have your you have your your pick right now of a player, Marcelo Meyer or Matt McClain. Hmm. That's a tough. <laughs> that's, that's a tough ask there. Because I I I don't know. Shoot me for being a. So I just feel like Marcelo's ceiling is higher, and like I fall in love well, with I, the ceiling. But McLean is so. McLean is so. Right now he's right now he's good. He's a, right now he's a good major leaguer. Who am I? What am I picking for? Like the Red Sox or just in general? No, no, just uh, just your your team Gordo. I'm gonna I say mean, that. I think you, you have. You ha- I think I you have to now. say Matt. You live in the, I th- Yeah. I think you have to say Matt McLean. You know, this isn't to. a knock on my, my soul. My, you could say I have the same argument with Jordan Lawler, another shortstop who made the, in that draft, who made it to the majors. So I just, yeah, I was thinking of that. The uh, I don't know why I was thinking of that. I was thinking of that why watching Team USA versus Duke women's basketball today. All right, that's a good one. Way to, way to start out, Gordo. Started strong. I appreciate you. All right, uh, who wants to go next, Pat or Coop? I mean, if we want one where we're probably going, I, I can go with my outlandish one. All right, go ahead. Let's go. All right. Because um, I feel like there's going to be a whole lot of pushback on this one because that is Ooh. what I'm exactly going for. We're going for the hard truths here. Um, we're doing a trade between the Red Sox and the Yankees. We're going to go back to where this all originated. Um, and we talked about this on Play Tessie. I hinted at it. I told people to come here to come for this ridiculous thing for me. Um, we are going to be bringing in, and by we, I mean the Red Sox, the Royal We. Um, Glaber Torres and Richard Fitz. Richard Fitz, obviously everyone knows Glaber Torres. We talked about on the podcast that it might take a little bit more than just a one-for-one trade, Alex Verdugo, Glaber Torres. Uh, Richard Fitz right now is the 12th-ranked prospect for the New York Yankees. He's the fourth-ranked pitching prospect for the Yankees, but he's also the number one prospect as far as who's going to be coming up the soonest for pitching. And that's why I wanted him to be coming in for the Red Sox, because as we look at the Red Sox, they're looking to compete this year. They're looking to get uncomfortable. Richard Fitz could be someone that gets you there. He was brought up last year or this past season by the Yankees. Didn't actually get any innings in, but he was activated by them. Uh, In the minors, he had a 3.48 ERA uh, in a career uh, ERA of 3.57 right-handed pitcher someone that you maybe could move into the bullpen for that long relief thing or if you want to tackle him on at the end of the rotation might be helpful for the Red Sox especially with a a cheap pitching option and then you get to spend more elsewhere for the Red Sox what they're looking to do and we all know that Craig Breslow has been talking about wanting to bring in more starting pitching and just more pitching in general so I think that would be a great fit and a great caveat to also bring in uh, or to also bring in Glaber Torres. On the other side, the Red Sox are going to be filling some needs for the Yankees in the sense of the same way that Gordo pointed out, starting pitching. Uh, the Yankees are absolutely tapped for starting pitching right now. So if you were to maybe dangle someone a little older, someone a little proven, someone who can hopefully stay healthy in someone at a cheap rate because Hal Steinbrenner is tired of spending – you package Alex Verdugo with Chris Sale and the Red Sox take on a bit of Chris Sale's contract. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Go, go. You got like, 
I got you I thinking. Want, I, I want to take screenshot of Pat looking at the ceiling. Uh, all right, what do you guys think? I have my thoughts, but go ahead. Um, I think you're trying how to be much the most is, polite how much, way no, no, possible, no, no, but just be honest. Chris Sale's making what thirty million this year? Twenty-seven. Yeah. Twenty-seven. I think in order for that trade to happen, the Red Sox would have to pay twenty-seven full and give them twenty-seven million cash upfront. In terms, so essentially, do you want that in a briefcase or in a sack? What are you, what are you buying a car? <laughs> yeah, like I. I what I'm saying is, you pay the entire contract and then you double it just for them actually taking Chris Sale. I think. I don't think they want more money. Granted, the Red Sox would pay some of it. Feasibly, I don't see how it lines up. But I don't know. I I can't even like formulate thoughts because Chris Sale being part of this just threw my brain through a loop. Yeah, this this is one of those trades, and and I agree, Pat. Like my, I'm spinning right now. I was you said Verdugo, and I was like, okay, who's he going to throw in here? I'd like you're talking about starting pitching. I'm like, okay, is he going to say like Nick Pavetta? Like, no, he said Chris Sale. I feel like this is one of those trades where maybe both teams say no i don't know i feel like the yankees <laughs> would say no because because that money i feel like could be allocated to something like a little bit more of a sure bet it's like I, I don't know it depends i guess on how much the red sox pay but the red sox i feel like i just i don't know maybe this is just fan me talking but like i can't see chris sale pitch for the yankees i just can't I like yeah. what, what are we even doing here it'd be the if, most if, heartbreaking like as, press conference what? in the world i i think so i, I think that See, I, I take the opposite view as Pat. I think the Red Sox wouldn't trade Chris Sale to the Yankees because you're you you finally made it to the finish line with him, right? In the sense of you have one more year. Um, right now, they might pick up the option. You never know. <laughs> well, I mean, you never say never, but I'm saying never. And and uh, and, I, and I, you know, I think that they have. They also, I don't know if you know this, are a team that needs starting pitching. And as flawed and as uncertain as Chris Sale is, you have one year with, you know, a perceived healthy guy going in or semi-healthy guy going in. And you don't want the upside, no matter what the cost, is pitching for the Yankees. And like I said, you're at the finish line here. I mean, this isn't. This isn't 155 minute, uh, million to the Texas Rangers, right? I mean, or te- them picking this up. This is 27 million, and yeah, you know, some that might help at some turn, but this is, as I said, this is also a team that needs some semblance of starting pitching along. And Chris Sale isn't the answer, but he could potentially be part of the answer. So the other part about this is. And because I, Pat, I don't think yours is for Dugo of Verdugo and Glaber trade, right? It's no. In, okay. So before we jump off that ship, I think Gordo, you said at the outset, is that you know that trade it just it's so close, right? It's so close with them. So I'm just gonna go around and just throw it out there, Alex Verdugo for Glaber Torres because. Here was the interesting thing when when I surfaced that. It was one of these ones. It was it was like a real life 
like who says no that we've been doing that we've had like the Luis Robert trades, right? The, the, the Mets prospects for the White Sox known guys, how there was both sides just saying never, 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 never. This one was the same reaction. You had Yankees fans so pissed off. You had Red Sox fans so pissed off. I don't, Red Sox fans, I don't want Torres. Yankee fans, I don't want Verdugo. That would be a terrible trade. Yet, you just said it. There's a reason why we're saying this. There's a reason why this has even been discussed. It's because it probably is a fair trade for what these teams need. Am I wrong? No. It's, it's, it's that close. It's that close. And, and you know it's close when that's the reaction you get online. When both yes. fan bases hate it, because you like to make a fair trade, to make a, a trade in pro sports, you have to be just a little bit uncomfortable. There's very few trades made where it's like so perfectly fitting. The like everyone, like you've got a surplus in this area, they've got a surplus in that area, and it's like so much so that you're not going to feel uncomfortable at all. That doesn't happen. If you're going to make a trade and execute it, like you're going to be uncomfortable. Both sides, both fan bases are uncomfortable with it. Both fan bases hate it. That usually means it's good. It's like the uh, it's the meme where it's like they booed Jesus too, but it's just Rob's face instead of Jesus. Um, yeah, I mean, like if you're if you're uh, making everyone upset, <laughs> um, I like I have difficulty looking at it as like a straight up trade because I don't think the Yankees want just Alex Verdugo. I think if there's any holdup, it's on the Yankees saying we want a little extra because I think Glaber Torres probably has a little bit more upside than Alex Verdugo has. Um, in the sense of they're both, they are very well, both all-star caliber players. The only issue is I think Alex Verdugo has displayed everything that he's able to do. And I don't know if it's like a change of scenery type thing. You know, he plays really well at Yankee stadium. So that's something that could benefit him. And that could also raise his value for the Yankees a little bit more. But I do think the Red Sox are going to have to toss in, just a little bit something to sweeten the pot. Just and, and to you know, make and you know what? If, if that's the case, and I don't disagree with you, Coop. Like, if that's the case, then do it. And this yeah, goes agreed. this this goes back to the change, the at least slight change in philosophy. If if you have to you have to start identifying the guys that you, those singular guys who you think are going to help that are the right fit. And if that means adding a Brendan Walter, if that means whatever it is, you know, it's like, then it's okay. Because you know that this guy is the right guy to help you win. And if that's the case, then fine. I mean, add a sweetener to it. It's okay. Which is was part of the problem is that, you know, it, you were getting back the five sweeteners instead of getting back, you know, the main course. So... Yeah, it's. I mean, we we referenced it on Play Tessie. It's what you had been saying was the fault of Heim Bloom all along. It's he was unwilling to get uncomfortable, and yeah. that that is exactly what this deal I think might be. Is it's going to be uncomfortable for both sides, but it's something that can pan out very well for the Red Sox. I think, especially for that second base slot. And yeah. what a weird trade if if it were if it were done soon and it was like if it were Craig Breslow's first trade and we're talking about getting uncomfortable you can't get much more uncomfortable than your first trade being a, like a major leaguer for major leaguer swap with the Yankees with your arch rival oh, like but you know what I think it would be received very well I mean I, I do think too. because because not only because you know 
Torres fits, you know, and I've heard like, oh, he's not good defensively, whatever, man. It's like, he's good enough. And, and so it would, it would not only fit what you need, but it would also send that message to the guys are talking about, which is finally, okay, finally, let's go. Like this is, this is the hard choice trade. And um, yeah. So Pat, before you give yours, uh, are you for or against what's this trade straight up? I think, (laughs) I think you add whatever you need to, you need to, if it's that, if that's a guy you identify as someone who's going to help the Red Sox win baseball games in 2024, I think you add in, I think the difference, I said it on play Tessie all of 15 minutes ago. I think the difference is probably a prospect you're going to lose in the rule five draft anyways, throw them in. It, It doesn't change anything. If you think labor can help the Red Sox win in 2024, do it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think we're all on the same page. It's just, it was crazy. It was like, people were so just, whew. it was, they were so riled up on both sides. Aren't anyway. you a little surprised that there aren't more Yankee fans imagining Verdugo swing with the short porch? Uh, I think they're imagining what they can hurl at him from uh, the outfield. <laughs> I mean, listen. What, you know, would I probably sign Alex Verdugo to a long-term deal? No, but would I want him in a contract year? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and you know, I think that if the Red Sox traded him, like I I saw enough of Willie Abreu to suggest that he might be a good player. He might be a player that you know, not the same exact player, but a, a semi everyday player. You got bigger. You got bigger worries. You have to basically get. Your second baseman and your shortstop and your third baseman and your first baseman and say, there's our infield. Boom. Do it. Like, with all due respect to the Emmanuel Valdez family, to the Pablo Reyes family, to the David Hamilton family, and to the Lisa Urias family, even though even his brother who plays for another team. To all due respect to all those guys, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about finding the guy who is going to play second base for you. So anyway, Pat, go ahead. What's your what's your what's your who says now? Yeah, all right. So mine is the Yankees are trading away Glaber Torres and Oswaldo Cabrera to the Miami Marlins for Braxton Garrett and Avisel Garcia. The Ooh. thought process here is the Yankees get five controlled years of Braxton Garrett. While also absorbing Avisel Garcia's not great contract, he has two years left on a four-year, $53 million deal. So they take a little bit of a cap hit on someone who's had not a great past couple of years, but they get that mid-to-back rotation starter that they desperately need. Then on the flip side, Miami, we saw it in the playoffs. That team needs offense, and they need it bad. Glaber makes a lot of sense. And I know Glaber, Luis Arias, both play second base, whatever. Platoon them. One at second, one at DH. Flip-flop them. Do whatever you got to do. Glaber has pop in the Miami Marlins need that badly. They also get a team-controlled outfielder who has shown spurts to be a good player. He's an upgrade over a couple of their guys already. So that's the thought process there. And then I went through. I was like, well, what, what does this look like all lined up? The Yankees' rotation after this trade would be Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Nesta Cortez, Braxton Garrett, and they could either go with Clark Schmidt or a back-end starting 
pitcher signing. The lineup stays more or less the same. The Marlins side of things, this is it gets interesting because you save all this money on the Avisel Garcia deal, 13.5 a year for the next two years. That lineup now is Fortes catching, Bell, Arias, Torres, Berger, Jazz, Cabrera, De La Cruz. You take that money, you go sign a corner outfielder. That's a very good lineup. In the rotation pieces they already have in place, Mayer, Cabrera, Perez, Lazardo, Rogers, they can even go and sign a pack, a cheap veteran to round out that rotation if Trevor Rogers falters again this year. Both of those teams, I think, drastically improve on paper, and I think it makes sense for both teams. All right, fellas, what do you think? This is a really interesting one, Pat, because the way the way I'm going to choose to look at it from the Yankees' point of view, because obviously taking on Isaiah Garcia is a tough sell for ownership, but the way I would look at it is you're getting Braxton Garrett, who's a really good pitcher, and you're getting five years of him and the way I'm looking at it is you're paying $13.25 million for the first two years, and then you're getting Garrett on his arbitration years, which that's incredible value. And all you're doing is selling on Glaber, which is an area of surplus, and you're giving up on Oswaldo Cabrera, which they may just do. They may just do that. I, who knows what Oswaldo – like are you getting 2022 Oswaldo Cabrera or are you getting 2023 Oswaldo Cabrera? There's definitely – a sense of fear there that the 2023 version might be closer to the version you're going to get. This would be selling on him while he still has some value and you're getting a pitcher who can help you for the next five years. So if anyone's going to say no to this, I would think it would be the Marlins. But to be honest with you, I think they would place so much value in getting rid of that final like 26, 27 million of Garcia that maybe they would just do it. And get a guy like Labor too. And and maybe because that money's off the books, maybe they would consider signing a guy like Labor. I know that I know that I don't know if these were uh reports or just like people putting together trades, but I think weren't there talks of the Yankees sending Glaber there in the past? Wasn't that a thing? I think last winter Miami inquired about Glaber. Yeah. yeah, but it's a, it's a whole new it's a whole new ball game down there right now, right? Like we it's a whole new way of thinking. We don't it, it's funny because if we, we we almost have to look at when when we talk about Barlins making trades now is not what they did last year, but what Tampa Bay did last year. Like that's really that's really it. Is because everybody who who was familiar with that search after the Kim Ng disaster, and I say disaster because I don't I still don't know what they were thinking and letting her, you know, like letting her not giving her the keys to the kingdom, but everyone I talked to said they were obsessed with the Rays' way of doing things. I mean, and, and the people they wanted to interview, the people they did interview, they were obsessed with the Rays' way of doing things. And obviously, they got Peter Bendix, who was from the Rays. Um, so look at that. You ask yourself, would the Rays do this trade? So, yeah. That's what I'm glad that you said that before I chimed in because I. I would have said no just because I don't know where the Marlins are at. Where, and now that you kind of say that they're going to be operating like Tampa, I think that is a trade that they might consider. I don't know. Well, it's not like the Rays didn't make like 
interesting blockbuster trades. stuff. Yeah, right. they traded for Nelson. They traded Joe Ryan for Nelson Cruz. So they right. had like it's not like they it's not like they have a policy against trading for rentals. The interesting nah. thing is how much is Dor- is Torres due in arbitration? Did I see like fifteen million somewhere? Yeah, he's going to get an arb. So like. Yeah. That's something the Rays wouldn't necessarily be too thrilled about, but but at the, but at the same time, you also yeah, now I'm thinking about the Rays, so forget it. But it was I was going to say, oh, they got a clear payroll, but it's Rays. We're talking about the Marlins, but um, yeah, so it's 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 interesting. I mean, it's interesting. It's uh, it's it's much like you know, and I can say this stuff about the Rays. I can say this stuff about like how Peter we think Peter Bendix will operate. But we don't know. It's just like we don't know how Breslau is going to operate. We don't know. You know, we're, we're kind of, you know, dot piecing together all of this stuff. It's a good one. So in synopsis, I think it's a good one. Good. Yeah. Good very thought provoking. Both of you guys had very thought provoking trades. I like that. I, I think mine's more head scratching than thought provoking. By the way, Gordon. Dude, sale were, on the Yankees is thought provoking. Gordon. That is thought provoking. When we give out like, awards at the in december podcast awards you get most improved mic it's not even oh my god yeah i know thank thank you odyssey for the mic seriously (laughs) look how comfortable he is with that now yeah Yeah, look at that it's a natural (laughs) i sound so much better i listened i take it back before and after you guys are you guys are both tied you and pat are both tied you by the thank you odyssey yeah oh it's so Pat, you're you've been my friend for a long time. Yeah, you using AirPods drove me insane. <laughs> that was that was absolutely insane. That, that was that was so much to listen to uh, when I was editing those up. So I am I'm so happy. Honestly, oh oh for the bike, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, all right, guys. I know you, but you speaking of podcasting, you've done a lot of it today. Go listen to Play Tessie. Excellent episode. Appreciate you guys. You're you're siphoning your expertise on this stuff, um, and it's there'll be more where this came from. Believe me. I mean, what do we got this week? We got this week. We have the awards, right? First rookie of the year coming up. Yeah. Um, awards, qualifying cast, offer decision. Yeah, yeah. We're doing uh, uh, the next episode or the next morning episode is going to be. Um, We're going to roll out the, like, making the case for free agent X, and it's going to be Aaron Nola, making the case for Aaron Nola. And our good friend, Ellen Adair, who is, uh, I don't know how well she knows her stuff. She knows her stuff, but she's going to want to keep him in Philly. I'm not. But she she knows her stuff. And, but when it comes to, like, she not only knows her stuff, but when it comes to Aaron Nola, she knows her stuff on top of knowing her stuff. Like, she knows, yeah. She can make. She's the best to make the case. But I, I'm looking forward to it. Is there anything else? Other questions from the GM meetings besides the me um, killing a a pig? Did you actually? You took down the um, what is it? A, a ch- javelina. Javelina. I wasn't even going to attempt. To I didn't kill that. it. I didn't kill it. Okay. The parent. No, I no. It it, it died. Oh. It, the, the the parent tipped over Joe Kelly's planter on top of the baby. Oh, it was that. That's you put a death on your Instagram story. Yeah. Oh my god! I didn't realize that's what happened. Why do you think I my felt re- like Joe went out and hunted it? What, what do you think my reaction was? 
Like I did, I did, I did the MC Hammer uh, slide shuffle to this. <laughs> did you? So did you find it in the morning? Yeah. What the? Oh when I got back, I got back to the house, and the planter was tipped over. I thought someone broke into the house, and so I locked all the doors. The next morning, I get up to do my Starbucks work at five o'clock, whatever, four or five in the morning. I come back from that. I'm like, now I have to clean up this mess. I tilt up the planter and underneath it is like a flat as a pancake creature. And it was, it was bigger than a squirrel, but at hoofs. And so I didn't know what it was. And that's again, if you go to my, well, it's gone now from my Instagram, but uh, you can see my reaction. And so I immediately knew that there was a ring camera so I texted Joe. I said, "Hey, this just happened. Can you find out what happened on your ring camera?" So a few hours later, he's like, <laughs> "He's like, yeah, you." It's and he explained the whole thing. He said, "Your the best part was your your reaction when you found it, which was you know, <laughs> which but but it was but as, you found you found Piglet dead on the ground." Yeah. And it was kind of sad, you know, but it was like these things, these javelinas, which are like these wild boars, they were hanging outside the door like eight minutes before I came out the door. And so, yeah, so it was a whole thing. And uh, I, yeah. I just found out that they've been attacking people. Yeah. And they would have attacked me if I walked out that door. Rob, you're a before. survivor. I am. And believe me, like, after, even after going back, I, I I was petrified to walk into the house. I thought they were going to like storm me because because I asked Joe. I said, "What do I do with it? You don't have a shovel. Like just leave it. Just leave, leave it. it. The landscapers I'm, are going to be there tomorrow. I'm picturing you taking beautiful home. Joe has. I'm yeah, picturing you've been there. You like yeah. Uh, uh, Super Bowl Radio Row. I got to to yeah. pop in there and hang out with Joe for a bit. Uh, I even got to use. I was going to lead to this. If it was small enough, I can picture you picking up the pig, putting it in like a little baggie, like it's a dead goldfish, and no, walking into that very nice so, ornate no. bathroom that they have and flushing it down that blue toilet. No, no, it's just nah. It was a you know of the GM meetings that you're going to power rank the GM meeting stories. That's it's pigs gastro issues. I also learned AJ Preller has never seen an episode of Saturday Night Live. Hmm. Uh, what else did I learn? Like never even a bit? No. Like he's never seen sweaty balls? No, nothing. That's nothing. a sad existence. Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure I've learned I learned some other stuff, but yeah, maybe that's a whole other thing. Any, any fun tidbits from Craig? No. Does he do anything outside of looking at spreadsheets? No. He's fluent in Japanese now, apparently. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the uh, no, I told him. I, I I did tell him. I said when he was hired, I I immediately told my wife. I said this guy was hired. He had a great line, one of the most memorable lines, uh, and is when he was playing and he was invited to the David Ortiz golf tournament, and where he's just down there milling around. And I said. And, and we're talking about all the people that are flown down. He's like, yeah, this is David Ortiz's spring break. I'm like, I thought, <laughs> like, I said, and he's like, yeah. And I said, oh, yeah, that was such a great line. 
It's like, well, it was. It was like maybe the, one of the top four moments of my life. I'm like, what? Like, like I said, you, you get a free trip to the Dominican? I'm like, I, I, now I kind of want to power rank the moments in Craig Breslow's life. I would hope 2013 World Series, children, <laughs> yeah. wife Although, getting married. I will her. say this. All the Presidentes you can drink. So, you know, there you go. Right. So, that's, yeah, I, that, I guess that's fair to put that in your and raising there. money for a great cause. So, so, um, all right, guys, thank you. Have you heard of Nordic Knots, the Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world with rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors? But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com